0: I'm here with Mr. Philo Barnhart, animator, and incredibly gifted, extraordinary, legendary Disney animator and drawing sketch guy. Tell us a little bit about stuff you do and some of the things you've created over the years, Mr. Philo.
1: Uh, well, actually, I started in uh, television animation with Hanna-Barbera back in 1977, and uh, did things like Super Friends, uh, The Smurfs, uh, you know, all the shows that were going on, 70s and 80s, that period. Um, Godzilla was one of my shows, <laughs> um, and we were going to do new Johnny Quests, and uh, it was my idea to have him grown up. But we ended up doing him as a boy again. So, just just updating uh, with newer gadgets, you know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, during that time, I um, worked at a studio called uh, Ruby Spears after the Hanna Barbera uh, time, and. Um, They haven't been in existence for some time, but we did uh, shows like Plastic Man and uh, something called Fang Face. Uh, I'm not sure anyone knows what the hell I'm talking about now, but (laughs) it's been long gone. Uh, But at that time, they asked me if I wanted to work on um, Star Trek, the motion picture, the first film. And I said, uh, you bet, because that was my show when I was a kid. So it was a thrill to be involved with that. So I got my feet wet on uh, uh, animation effects. And uh, then um, Don Bluth left Disney uh, to form his own studio and make The Secret of Nim*. And I went right out of Star Trek, right into uh, Secret of Nim*, And uh, took a lot of the people from Paramount with me. (laughs) Including the the man that composed the film score. Uh, I recommended him, for Nim, and um, Don Bluth says, Yeah, let's try to get Cherry Goldsmith. He also did the score for Star Trek. So it was a thrill to have him on two of the films that I got to do. <laughs> and then um, finally ended up at Disney, off and on. Um, things like uh, Winnie the Pooh and A Day for Your. Um, the Black Cauldron was my first one with them. And uh, uh, see what else. Um, short film called Off His Rockers. Which was shown with a live action film. And um, Roller Coaster Rabbit featuring Robert, Roger Abbott. And uh, Mermaid in 1989. And um, for that, I got to uh, work on designing the, the character herself, Ariel, with uh, Glenn Keane, Mark Hem. Uh, um, uh, So many people, but uh, we all contributed design, and I got to do her final design for the film. And before that, Ursula was my assignment, so I got to develop her first. And then um, uh, moved to Florida for the company and worked on uh, uh, Rescuers Down Under and Beauty and the Beast, and then moved into Consumer Products for the company after that, went back to California. So... uh, And it's been any number of things since then, (laughs) album covers, um, lots of children's books, illustration work, and uh, it's never a dull moment.
0: Very cool. And I have a question. You said, like, Star Trek was your gateway into this universe. Uh, did you ever get to uh, brush shoulders with Gene Roddenberry? And, and if so, like, what was he like? And, like, what what's the stuff you kind of, did he, like, rub off on you or any of the people through? You said Jerry Goldsmith, legendary composer, also his son, Joel Goldsmith. What are some of the things that that first movie, I know it was based off of Phase Two, but what was some of the stuff you, some of the resonance frequency you got off of that whole energy of the roddenberry ask the Star Trek universe, stuff like that? Well, I,
1: I had the utmost respect for him, of course. Uh, everyone did. Those were the earliest conventions. That, that was all they were in those days, was Star Trek. Um, for me, it started in 75, attending those. And that's, that was my fanboy days. That was before I went pro. But <laughs> uh, in 9- 1966, when the show was new, uh, we were all like 10 and 11-year-olds. And that's all we talked about at school. Did you watch Star Trek this week? You know, It was the big deal. And uh, nobody had ever seen anything like that on TV before. And uh, so I, I knew who he was at an early age. And uh, I, at first I didn't have any contact with him. It was mostly uh, Doug Trumbo who did the effects for 2001, A Space Odyssey. And, and uh, right after we did Star Trek, they went on to do um, Blade Runner in the same facility. But, uh, uh, and um, I and the several others went over to Bluth's. So uh, we didn't get to work on Blade Runner, but um, that was going on at the same time. Um, and I finally got to meet Gene at the wrap party because there was no place to sit uh, on the Paramount lot in the Sound 8, I think it was. This is where they threw our party and after the screening, we all went over there. And I was very blue because they'd left my unit off the uh, screen credits. So we didn't get a screen credit on the film and um, uh, uh, so there was a man waving us over to the table my friend Terry Harden and I we had our plates laden down with food we couldn't find a place to sit so we see this man waving us over as we got closer I said do you realize who that is she says yes that's Gene Roddenberry so we sat with he and Majel Barrett his wife and on my other side was uh, Grace Lee Whitney who played Yeoman Janice Rand and um, was also the um, transporter technician in the movie. And uh, what a thrill. So that made up for not getting a credit. We told him what happened, because he said I looked rather blue. <laughs> and he says, Well, if it was up to me, finally, you would have had a credit on the movie. <laughs> so uh, I had a wonderful evening talking to him about.
0: Now, uh, working on Star Trek and stuff like that, um, I don't know if you had anything to do with the animated series. First question, what, what did you think of the animated series? I know it had a lot of the original actors. And a second follow-up question I'll ask you after that one.
1: Well, uh, there's the six degrees of separation again because the the animated series was done by Filmation, and that's where my mother was working at the time. She was an ink-and-paint lady, so she, she painted cells on that show. So... Uh, I thought I was beside myself. I was very happy and, uh, uh, to see it come back in any form at that time. Because, um, uh, you know, we were bereaving the fact that it was, you know, it might not come back in any form. And so, um, and I liked the writing of those shows. Yeah. Um, I've since found out that um, the people I worked with at Bluths early on they had um, graduated from CalArts. They went directly to work on that show at Filmation, too. Their names are on the credits, and uh, you could have knocked me over with a feather, because they never talked about that. I had to find out on my own uh, more recently, reading the, the credits, and uh, I got a kick out of that. <laughs> it was uh, Lorna um, Pomeroy and uh, one other person I'm trying to remember. but. Uh, there were their names on star trek the animated series
0: <laughs> very very cool very very cool and i have a few well, the last question i got before i wrap up here so he's writing a really cool picture by the way everybody you gotta see this it's awesome um the question is um so, so much uh, cinema not so much cartoons but you got like star trek like the new one it's so dark apocalyptic not not that it's not a positive vision of the future but you know like gene roddenberry when he created star trek for instance Especially that first movie, you know, it was like the end of the movie was life created a new life forming. What are your thoughts on the modern kind of, you know, trend of everything being dark, kind of not is hopeful? Can you elaborate on your viewpoints on that? I I think they're going to dwell more on... um, I I can understand
1: the the, um, point of doing it that way because they had to uh, shake things up and... and, um, take it in new directions, now, because it's an alternate universe type of thing now, and they had to be dark with it, uh, people had to die and planets had to be blown up and so on. Um, now they can they can start the franchise afresh, and now they can start doing you know, uh, a little more lively, um, positive type thing. I think the very next one you see is probably going to be a lot more positive and uh, life-affirming. and. Uh, but I think they really needed to get dark in order to close that out and just reboot the franchise. I think that was intentional. Yeah.
0: Very, very cool. I'll just right quick, uh, do you have any website links or anything you'd like to give out for people to find out more about your awesome projects and also any upcoming projects that you may have in the, in the pipeline?
1: Right. Uh, well, they, they can certainly Google my name, and uh, uh, um, uh, all kinds of things will come up. Uh, um, it may redirect you to the, uh, my new Facebook page, um, which is Philo Barnhart Artist. And uh, um, a lot of the commissions and things I do, it's mostly Disney characters and things uh, that the people still ask for. Uh, occasionally, I'll get someone ha- asking me to draw them, you know, uh, especially as their cosplay character or whatever, or their children. Uh, as a character. And um, um, so they, they can find me on Facebook under Philo Barnhart Artist. And um, just my regular pages was just my name.
0: So Awesome, Mr. Philo. It was an absolute pleasure talking with you, sir. You're a legend and you have such incredible gifted talent, and I very enjoy this. This is Owen with SciFiction.com.